just the independent development scene and how it's grown and how it's maturing. And, you know, we've spent the last, you know, I mean, we've always listened to developers, but spent the last, you know, uh, I would say like six months plus, you know, year just actively going out there and talking to developers and more importantly, listening to developers about where they see things going and what they're looking for, um, you know. It's definitely been interesting to watch Microsoft as they try and reassert themselves in the eyes of the public, in the eyes of developers, uh, given the sort of troubled uh, unveiling of the Xbox One. And one of the ways they're definitely trying to sort of reassert themselves to uh, show that they care in the same way that their primary competitor, Sony, uh, does, is with independent developers. And uh, I recently had a chance to talk with Chris Charla, who, if you Google his name, he's been around in the games industry for a while, uh, having been a former journalist uh, working at Foundation 9. I first interviewed him when he was working on Death Jr., if anyone remembers that game. And he's been over at Microsoft working with independent developers, working on XBLA, and now he's working on uh, ID at Xbox, which is a specific part of the company within the Xbox division that is dedicated to working with independent developers. Um, I had a chance to speak with him uh, ahead of the announcement today at Gamescom about ID at Xbox. And while he didn't necessarily uh, share all of my concerns uh, regarding uh, independent developers and Xbox One, it definitely sounds like they're listening. Uh, Chris is a guy that I have known for a long time. He does care. And uh, while that doesn't mean that he can change things all himself or change things overnight, uh, it does instill a confidence that Microsoft is listening and, and does want to be a place for independent developers uh, going forward with Xbox One. Uh, in any case, uh, here is my full interview with uh, Chris Charla. Hey, Chris. Hey, how's it going? It's kind of all right. It's been a long time no see. Yeah, I know. I was just thinking that I think that uh, you interviewed me and Mike Micah E3 like 100 years ago, and that might have been the last day of press interviews I did. So. Oh, that was about Death Jr., wasn't it? Yeah, it was a while wow. ago. That is a long time ago. This makes it even funnier because uh, I'd, I didn't know who I was interviewing, uh, so one of my questions was, why did you choose Chris Charler for the program? <coughs> He's awesome. <laughs> I think that's the, uh, the, the takeaway there. Um, well, why don't we, uh, why don't we uh, start off? You know, I've read through the, the sort of the briefing documents, so, but... Um, why don't you kind of give me the high-level overview of what you guys are announcing at Gamescom, and I guess for the layman, describe, you know, what, what is, you know, ID at Xbox? Cool. So uh, ID at Xbox is really our independent developer publishing program for Xbox One for digital games. And uh, the real high level is that uh, starting on Tuesday, we're taking applications to kind of phase one of the program, and uh, developers will be able to fill out a pretty simple application. Uh, and um, once they're in the program, we will send them a couple of dev kits um, and give them access to all the development materials and everything that, you know, our development portal, basically. And then, um, you know, we hope we're going to see some pretty amazing games come out of that. So is, is there any meaningful differentiator? I mean, I, this is called, you know, ID at Xbox, but is there a, I mean, it, once you're in and accepted, 
is there any sort of meaningful differentiator between, you know, a respawn entertainment or a bungee and, you know, uh, Joe Schmo who has been accepted into to the ID program? Um, not in terms of the kind of games they can ship. Um, you know, m maybe in terms of the kind of resources that the different teams can bring to bear, but the games that are in this program um, are going to be able to have access to every single feature on Xbox that, um, that any other game has access to. So Kinect, Smart Glass, Game DVR, Cloud Services, um, yeah. We're, so we're pretty excited. Like it's, you know, it's a, um, it's a, it's a cool um, thing. You know, you know, you know. Like I'm joking to mention before that, you know, one of my questions was to me was, why did you choose Chris Charla to be in, in charge of this program? But I think it might actually be interesting if you, if gave people a little bit of background on where you're from, uh, and then you know, you kind of went out of the public spotlight. Uh, once you once you joined Microsoft, so can you kind of maybe walk me through for for everyone else sort of what your history is there? Yeah, sure. So like a million years ago, I was a journalist back in the the olden days, and then um, I spent um, <coughs> ten years at an independent developer called variously Digital Eclipse and Backbone and Foundation Nine, and uh, did everything there from um, you know level design to helping launch some cool new IPs, uh, and ended up as VP of Biz Dev. And then uh, joined Microsoft about exactly three years ago, and have been working with independent developers at Xbox Live Arcade um, on the first-party side at Microsoft Studios, and um, just super passionate about uh, independent development, both as a former independent developer and then as a guy who spent the last years just enabling independent developers to do awesome stuff on 360. And um, as we've been talking about, um, you know, period. And then, um, you know, we've enabled a bunch of really cool discovery tools to, um, to make sure that when you turn on your Xbox One, or sorry, when you turn on your TV and see what's on your Xbox One, that you have a really broad array of kind of diverse content available for you. You know, I mean, obviously, discoverability is sort of, sort of the X factor that is, you know, troubled a lot of other marketplaces, you know, as successful as the App Store has been, that remains a huge problem there. You know, there's only so much you can kind of do in preparing for launch, and then you kind of just have to figure out as you go, once you actually have the content and you have users trying to find it and trying to purchase things and trying to share and talk about it. So, you know, ahead of launch, before you can actually fill that out and have sort of like real world scenarios, how do you guys build this stuff? How, how do you, what do you take away from other app, you know, sort of app stores and other marketplaces so that you can be prepared for that? And, and, and I guess if you can provide any sort of like, you know, how do you test that out ahead of launch to, to make sure that it's actually working? So in terms of what we provide, um, it's it's going to be pretty interesting. I think people are going to be pretty impressed. Um, but we have, you know, a, a lot of the, you know, standard things that you would expect, like, you know, recently released and, you know, most popular, but also some things like trending where you can sort of see what your friends are playing and not maybe not just your friends, but kind of like what your, your gaming community is playing. That I think it's going to be interesting uh, and you should, uh, like a really interesting way to discover like relevant content. And then also some of the stuff we're doing with Game DVR um, is is also pretty cool. Um, and with Upload, which is a, another program that we have, you know, players will be able to put some, you know, I'm trying to think what the the right way to say it is, but you know, put some cool um, like uh, is it sort of like a, like customization, like there's sort of like their own personalization on the content. Yeah. 
Exactly, and then you know, kind of upload some some experiences that they've um, that they've had. And and honestly, I go back to like like Minecraft is a good example. You know, I certainly heard about Minecraft um, before I saw it. And when I heard about it, I was like, I don't know, sounds kind of weird. And then you know, I'm watching like some YouTube Let's Plays. I'm like, okay, I get this, and I need to play this game immediately. Um, and and we think that like that is actually going to be a really important. Um, sort of viral discovery tool for people. So we're, we're actually pretty excited about what we've got. Um, and, and you're right, you know, um, we'll be able to, you know, update it and everything like that once we launch and see what's resonating and what people like. You know, and that's kind of one of the, the beauties of how we just architected Xbox One so that it's actually, um, you know, pretty straightforward for us on the platform side to, uh, to make changes in response to, to what players want. So how much of sort of like those metrics, like, I mean, you know, obviously editors picks, that's sort of, you know, that, that makes sense how that would work. But with trending, like, is this, are those elements sort of computer controlled that are looking for certain metrics and then bumps those up appropriately? Or is all of this stuff sort of handcrafted and people behind the scenes are, are floating what, what goes to the top? <coughs> it's a combination, honestly. Um, so, um, it, it's hard for me to give a definitive answer there. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the bits that's, that's mentioned is that, uh, you know, there's no fees for title or certification updates. And does that extend sort of across the board? Like if, you know, you're making a game like Minecraft, which, you know, it's, that game was pretty famous for getting sort of an, an exemption on, on how the title update process works. Like if you're making a game like that and you're not Minecraft, like, if you're doing 20, 30 updates, you know, this is something that's going to be going on for a couple of years. Um, is that, does that apply then there too? If you were going to be having that many updates to the game that, you know, obviously you're still going through the certification process, but at some point are you going to be charged if you're sort of continuing to service the game over a long period of time? No. <laughs> Sorry, there's a short answer to a longer question. But Noah, uh, we announced um, a couple months ago that we had gotten rid of um, the fees and uh, limitations on updates, which I think is just uh, you know recognition and of the way that you know games have kind of evolved. And so on Xbox One, no, there aren't fees for those things. And you know, it's also mentioned there's no application fees. So is it, is it basically if you're accepted into this program once it opens up uh, next week that if you're accepted and then you get the can you essentially go from being accepted to releasing game without paying anything to Microsoft or there are actually some things along the road where there is some sort of exchange? No, it's uh, you, you can absolutely go from being accepted to this program to shipping your first game onto the, uh, the Xbox game store without uh, ever cutting a check to Microsoft. So basically it's just like, as long as, you want to build the game, really the only time that an exchange happens is once, the, you know, there's the rev share model once you've actually published the game. Yep. Um, so, now you, you know, it's mentioned that uh, the program is going to sort of go in waves, obviously, because you'll probably get, you know, a huge number of applicants up front. Can you give any sense? I know it's mentioned a little bit in the, in the document, but any sense of who kind of Microsoft is looking for if, you know, if there's a developer, you know, reading this that, like, you know, Am I, you know, if they're trying to figure out if, if they're going to be accepted in the first wave, before it makes sense for them to try, to try and get sort of spotted in this first wave, like what is Microsoft looking for up front before, um, you know, sort of the wave kind of dissipates a bit? Yeah, so, 
In the kind of first stage, we're starting a little bit small because we want to make sure that the developers in the program we're really listening to and they help us shape the program. So we're looking for, in the first wave, like developers who can, you know, um, help us get things in the store relatively quickly and help us kind of test out, um, you know, or prove out the program. And so probably the, the early developers are going to be guys who are more um, seasoned and experienced and, you know, have, have shipped before on, you know, console or, you know, potentially tablet and PC. Um, but obviously we're looking to open the program, you know, more widely over time for sure. And, and, you know, it says, you know, for that first wave, you know, you know as we just mentioned, it, you know, developers with sort of an established track record, like, is there, what is the bar there? Like, what what will Microsoft not accept? Like, if, if you're a developer looking to apply, like, are there, like, you know, are there any sort of bars that you should be looking at to make sure that, you know, if you want to get into this program, it's, you know, anything that you sh kind of should be looking out for that, uh, so that, you know, maybe a year from now when it's not so flooded, like, what is sort of the bar for a developer uh, to, to kind of get in there? Well, Dave Lang is out. That's, 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 <laughs> that, that's actually in the policy. He's fine. Like I, I got, I got, I, I'm kidding, obviously. No, um, honestly, there's no kind of like, um, you know, bar that you have to, to jump over. We're really looking at each developer on their own merits. And, you know, I, I would definitely, and, and, and our goal with this program is to be in inclusive, not um, exclusionary. So I definitely encourage developers to, you know, come check it out, apply, um, you know, and start that dialogue with, with the team, um, you know, it, it, and, you know, even if it doesn't end up with you getting a dev kit by the, you know, by the 15th of September or something, um, you know, we really want to be talking to developers and more important than talking, we really want to be listening to developers. One of the sort of interesting developments that's happening in the independent community specifically in the last couple of months uh, is definitely people following this sort of Minecraft model of, you know, Steam's calling it early access, but there are certainly uh, other phrasings for that, but essentially allowing people in the gate earlier than sort of the traditional release. And I imagine a lot of the developers that, you know, Microsoft will be hearing from uh, in the independent community may be playing with those ideas you know, outside of the console ecosystem. Like, is there anything about this program, the systems in place that maybe give any consideration to developers that want to sort of pull back the curtain and allow their games to be seen and played ahead of what would normally be considered, you know, 1.0 and shipping? Um, so, yeah, it, when we went out and, you know, kind of did our developer tour, our most recent one, and just really listened to what developers want, we definitely heard from a lot of developers that that kind of thing is something that's super exciting to them. Um, and, you know, we heard that loud and clear. We don't have anything to kind of announce about that today, though. Uh, one of the things that, you know, that's along the similar lines is that, you know, uh, Microsoft in the, in the past on 360 sort of had uh, pretty strict price control or at least was working with developers on, on establishing that price as, a, as opposed to just kind of handing that off. Like this time around, is this more or less completely in the realm of the developer? And if they decide they wake up on Saturday morning and they want to flip it down to half price. Is that something that is it within their power and, and sort of how quickly can that happen? Um, so I, I guess the, the, the main answer there is just that really the store model hasn't changed from 360, which is that it's a, uh, our marketplace is a reseller model. So um, publishers can kind of set can, or excuse me, publishers can set the wholesale price, but then, Xbox ultimately sets the retail price. Mm -hmm. um, 
but but we obviously want to work with developers to make sure that they are you know getting what they need and you know and ultimately the players are getting that really broad array of awesome content when they turn on their TVs. Cool. Well, I think that that covers most of my stuff. Unless there's uh, is there anything else you wanted to hit on that 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 we didn't get to? Uh, no. I mean, I guess my question to you would just be, what do you think of the program? I mean, it sounds you know it sounds like you guys are hitting all the bullet points. It sounds like you guys are uh, definitely touching on the the things that everyone uh, is looking for. You know, I mean, obviously there's a big difference between uh, saying you're going to do something and then actually seeing how that plays out. And you know, I think that's that's certainly the the uphill battle for for Microsoft is uh, I think people like a you know I think are very happy with a lot of what they're hearing, uh, but actually seeing an action I think is probably going to be what ends up you know sort of silencing the critics or at least uh, giving giving people the impression that there there's real change and uh, it does seem like you know these these sorts of changes should certainly perhaps sort of stem the tide on on the larger problem of there just being a lot of chatter uh, out there about uh, sort of like disagreements with Microsoft's, you know, previous policies, even though they're not necessarily the current policies. So uh, that's certainly the stuff that over time uh, seems like that can hurt the most. And this does seem like steps in the right direction to sort of address that so that even if you're not necessarily interested in the platform, it's uh, they, you know, that, that the company is taking steps to sort of address the criticisms that have come up. Cool. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, we want to make sure that players have a huge array of, different games. And, and I think this is like, this program is like a great way to do it. So 